From an undisclosed location high in the Hollywood Hills, it's time once again for the long shot. Come hell or high water. Tonight's episode, Norman Lear, Dressage, and Parking Too Close to the Driver's Side Door. And now, please welcome the host of the long shot, Sean Conrad. Thank you so much. Welcome to The Long Shot. It is a podcast. Good desk. Welcome to our pod desk. I am your host. My name is Sean Conroy. With me today on the show is Amber Kenny. Hi. Not present, <laughs> as always, Joe Wagner and Jamie. Is it Flam or Flam? Who's to say? But here's Amber and myself with a lot going on, a lot to talk about. Uh, we almost, or I at least thought just now that there was an earthquake in Los Angeles. It seems there was not, or if there was, I was the only one who noticed. Although as Amber pointed out, it could have just been somebody driving into my building, which would be <laughs> quite an event on its own. <laughs> the chicken lady. Oh God. Yes. I thought I saw her the other night, but then I did not hear any chickens. So maybe it was not her. Maybe it was somebody else living in there. Range Rover with lots of detritus in the back seat. She's like related to Gonzo. <laughs> yeah, that was always a weird thing about Gonzo. Like, what was Gonzo's deal? He was was like, he, he a wanted, bird? He kind of wanted to fuck all the chickens. He wanted to fuck chickens. I don't think yeah. he was a chicken. He just was sexually attracted to them. I guess it's incredibly erotic to fuck a chicken and then chop its head off while you're fucking it. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and I only know that because I read Naked Lunch by William Burroughs and he talks about that. Or maybe it's ducks. I can't remember. But it's it's something about like he's in, I don't know, Morocco or Algeria. And that's like a specialty of the house that he goes to is that they they put a duck on your deck and chop its head off. And it just goes crazy. And that's like the coolest. Oh, and uh, it feels really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. What is yeah. wrong? With and who knows if that was even a real thing or if he just made that up, you know, like I just don't. That's. It, it sounds possible. It sounds plausible, you know. Um, but it would be it would be quite a journey to get to that point where you're like, what if we try Bob, what if we tried this? What do you think about this? You think this might work? Yeah. You gotta be in a desperate state to be pulling. Like, what's the list of things they <laughs> yeah. tried before that? You know? I'm also just picturing my sweet parents like eating breakfast listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you guys. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, all right. Well, we're we're here. Let's uh, let's talk about a lot of things. I I have you been watching the Olympics at all? The teeniest, tiniest bit. I saw some of the dressage yesterday on my lunch break. Dressage, of course, is the equestrian event. Is that correct? It's the horse dancing, like. Oh, okay. So it's not like steeplechase. It's not like they're doing anything. They're just kind of. Well, dicking around. Well, <laughs> what's funny is they they have choreography to music, mm -hmm. and um, this might be hack. People might have talked about this. What's constantly. the deal with these dancing horses? No, but but they're the riders are dressed very like. Aj. 
proper writing, you know, like mm-hmm. very put together. And and you know, the horses are beautiful, they're horses, whatever. And then they're like <laughs> dancing to like gasoline. Like it doesn't make <laughs> any sense. <laughs> uh, like that was not always the case in dressage. It no, wasn't it always like the latest, the latest hits. Well, and I wouldn't I would argue gasolina is not the latest hit. That just came um, out like a couple of weeks ago, right? But um again, I didn't watch it for a long time. I am no expert in dressage, but it feels like they train the horse to I'll do this like trot on different feet at mm-hmm. different rhythms. And they have the music there to like showcase that it really stays on rhythm and and it like switches feet at a cool time or whatever, but it, it's strange. <laughs> and it's strange that the person riding the horse gets the prize. <laughs> like what's he doing? Like, I'm not, sure not the horse. Yeah. The horse is the one. And the, the rider's horse... just sitting there. Also, Jeff brought this up. How do the horses get to Japan? Uh, I believe by caravan. Go on, like boat, plane? Overland. Marco Polo, didn't he go to Asia by by the Silk Road? Wasn't that? Uh, I don't know. Japan is but, an but island I country. Just imagine these poor horses being like, where am I? What happened? I'm the horse equivalent of jet lag. And, and we know have- <laughs> we know that these are not horses that were li- like the, the riders don't hook up with the horses when they get to Japan. No, yeah. The, it's-, it's not like they go. You're going to deal with whatever horse you get. Right. You get the horse well, you get. It's like bowling. It's like bowling shoes. Like yes, you get yes, whatever yes. you get and you have to work with that. You know, that would be an interesting sport though. If you just had to like figure out choreography, choreography on the fly with whatever horse you're uh-huh. getting, that I'd watch. I would also like to see one where the rider and maybe they do this. I don't know. But like the rider gets off the horse. Oh, I and made like, you like a boogie woogie. <laughs> just like an electric boogie, like passes the wave to the horse, like yeah. holds the horse by the right. foreleg and like. Right. I And I know it's asking for too much, but it's just crazy to have such like party anthems playing. Mm-hmm. And the horse doesn't seem to be having a good time. <laughs> like there's a there's a disconnect. He's not into He's the party like, part. Yeah. And like you said, they're not the people who are riding the horses are dressed like 19th century British nobles. Right. Basically. They look like they could be in the royal family. They're time travelers. Yeah. So it might be better if they were like, I don't know. I don't know. What would they what what do you what's it, like Okay. Like backwards baseball hats yeah. and football jerseys. I'm just spitballing here, but it would be cool yeah. if the horse and the rider had themed outfits that matched their song. Is that so much to ask? So you're talking like <laughs> you're talking like dancing with the stars, but dancing with the horses. Yes. Like they're both that's, dressed the same. I feel like that's something people would watch. But I'd also want, and I don't know how to get this. But I want the horse to be into it. I want the horse to be like feeling the music because mm-hmm. right now the music just is an afterthought. The horse is like, I don't want to die. So I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> or the horse is not a fan of gasolina. Like if, what if it was like, hey, come on, man. How about some who let the dogs out? You know, another oh, recent, uh, another yeah. recent. Uh, All uh, the young hit. kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Can I say, can I tell you something? I've got the power. Yeah. <laughs> can I tell you something adorable about the song, Who Let the Dogs Out? Mm-hmm. Jeff, my husband, for <laughs> listeners just tuning in now, I don't know why they would do that. But um, recently, I want to say like a year or two ago, mm-hmm. about the song, Who Let the Dogs Out? He was like, did you know that's not about dogs <laughs> I was like, yeah I, yeah i did <laughs> it's a so you're saying it's a metaphor it's a uh, misogynistic like everything <laughs> else is <laughs> welcome to american culture but like disney adopted it like it was like a kid song it's crazy. right i'm sure it's in i'm sure it's in lots of animated uh movies because it's an instant punchline Right. You know, it's like a shortcut to laughs is play who let the dogs out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say I have a story about who let the dogs out, but it's actually not about who let the dogs out. It's about a different song like that. And I've already told the story, so I'm not going to get into it. Damn. Can you give me a hint? You know what I hear is amazing <laughs> is if you fuck a horse and oh, then God. somebody decapitates it. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Amber's parents. I'm sorry. (laughs) Aristotle says that all drama is just sex and violence when you really boil it down. And And it doesn't get more sexy and violent. That's what I was going to say. That's like a a bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It doesn't get sexier. (gasps) That's a pull quote that you're going to (laughs) regret. Oh, boy. Uh,. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know why I brought up the Olympics because I have not watched them at all. I've seen barely any of it. Did you um, watch any of like the opening ceremonies? None, absolutely none. I literally don't know anything that happened in the opening ceremonies. They, I didn't either. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> like, this should be the show. Just Sean and I ever talking about things they didn't experience. And- Let's also talk about nineteenth <laughs> century China. <laughs> but um, the dishes, the- not the country. It was on as I was doing something else and I left the house. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But you know how normally there's the par- like parade or... or the opening ceremonies, the pageant. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and all of the countries come out behind their flag. And, and we dress like this and we yeah. dress like this. And, and we, they, the Italians talk with their hands. <laughs> yeah. And they wave to the stadium crowd. Mm-hmm. Well, they made them do all of that. With nobody there. With no one there. And it was like this creepy fucking futuristic dystopian. Like it made me feel ill. I was like, what is what's happening? Because it was what just a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, the girl on fire. <laughs> and then there's just no, you know, it's just somebody. Ugh, what a nightmare. Yeah. At least it's going to end soon, it seems like. You know, it's pretty much over at this point, all this. Uh, uh, the Olympics or COVID? <laughs> oh, either one. Either one. Uh, no, I watched, uh, the thing I watched the other night, which I thought was interesting, was, have you seen this um Woodstock 99 documentary. Yes, I you just saw finished it. 
Oh I my did. God, we can talk about this because we both have experience. Just throw my computer out the window. I'm too excited. <laughs> talk about something that made you physically ill. So what were your thoughts? Didn't like it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I liked the documentary, but uh, well, it. Do you remember Woodstock '99 at all? Vaguely, it's mm-hmm. it's it's slightly before my time. Like right. I kept doing the math, and I feel like everyone there was about five to ten years older than me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like right. I I I just missed it. But um, ooh, baby, like it, it it's. I have a lot of thoughts, but it, it's funny when people are like, you know, <laughs> feminism, who needs that? And it's just like, please see exhibit A. <laughs> like, no. It's, it's, um, I guess we're not even describing what it is for people who haven't watched it. It's, Describe the shit out of it. It's a documentary about Woodstock 99, which was, a, it was Firefest before Firefest, sort of. Um, yeah, they had been doing they had been doing like big festivals for a few years before that. Lollapalooza, right. I think, started a little while before that, and and this they did was sort Woodstock ninety four, which right. was successful and like had good vibes. At least that's mm-hmm. the way this movie presents it. Right? Who knows what the <laughs> truth is about anything anymore? But um, this, it was just the height of the. New metal. Well, that was fascinating to me was the whole new metal aspect because that was not a thing that I was ever into or sort of like processed in any way, you know, like, yeah, it was just like, and then hearing so much of it all in a row, I was just like, oh my God. Well, and, and I know hindsight and all of that, but like, Every clip of every artist, with with like the exception of Alanis Morissette and Jewel and DMX, you're just like, what? How are this many people into this? What is yeah. wrong with that? And boy, were they into it. Uh, I mean, and, that was uh, the crazy part of it, too, was how excited everybody was, you know? Well, and it just felt very young, male white angry and it came to a head like they burned down shit and they tore down walls and people were sexually it was assaulted. it was lord of the flies i yeah. mean it was lord of the flies over the course of three days and right. human nature i shouldn't even say human nature because i don't think that is human nature it is a particular slice of human nature asserted itself over the course of these those three days, as circumstances got worse and worse, I mean, it was clearly poorly planned, and they didn't have all the stuff they needed, and it was incredibly hot during this thing, and they were charging people way too much for 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 everything, and you know, like I was like, boy, four dollar waters, what a bargain, you know. But I, I guess know, in ninety nine, twenty years ago, <laughs> right? That's a, and um, it was a three day must not have been great water. It was a three-day music festival with multiple stages, mm-hmm. and I believe three women were booked. One total. each day, yeah. Like one each day. What? 
Like, well, that was that was also a funny thing to me. Was I mean, not really funny. It was funny, but it wasn't funny. Funny. I mean, it was funny. Ha ha. No, it was funny. Ha ha. But also eh, a little funny. Um. Anyway, it was the promoters trying to defend everything they did. Like, oh my god. <laughs> like this guy John Cher. Sure, sure. Oh, it was Cher. MTV's fault. It yeah. was MTV's fault for for. But also, like, there was no, there was no sexism. We just put the people we thought would do the best with the audience we had, and that's why we had one woman per day per, you know, uh, that was that was super weird. And also, this was another thing because, look, like I said, I am not a new metal fan. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm slightly into it. No, I'm not at all. But <laughs> oh, it's uh, awful. Like it. Somebody says it in the in the documentary, so I, I'm saying that because it's not my idea. But it's like they take everything I know what about, you're going to say about right. hip hop, and they like strip just out anything. the misogyny yeah. and the racism, and you know? and like yeah, but there's or no, not racism. What do they say? Misogyny and something else. Homophobia. Bad. Homophobia. And, that was the other thing. Racism. Like hip hop is racist. There's no like musicality even like it's it there's a beat but right. that's it right yeah i mean i think a lot of new metal songs would work well for uh for dressage um <laughs> honestly i bet you there was a period <laughs> yeah. that you saw that <laughs> uh look at us being so brave taking down new metal yeah yeah a, a but, music but, genre but, that has been ridiculed for 20 right. years <laughs> it was being ridiculed at the time like right. It was even but, so stupid at the time. But uh, was so popular too among certain certain populations. But but he also here's what another thing I thought was funny about those promoters was like <laughs> they're they're promoting a rock and roll festival, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm saying rock and roll in quotes, but really it is it is a rock and roll festival. And rock and roll, there are certain baked in elements of what rock and roll is one of the most important being that it is anti-establishment. Right. And so it really was hilarious to me. They're like, no one was following the rule. Well, not only that, (laughs) but the moments where they were like, we, we went to Fred Durst before he went on stage (laughs) and we said, can you just calm everybody (laughs) down? And it's like, I just picture Fred Durst in that moment going and same with Anthony Kiedis. Like they talked about how, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers played on the last night and they played Fire by Jimi Hendrix as people were burning the fucking place down. And I just picture those guys backstage going, what is the fucking most rock and roll Mm -hmm. thing we can do in this moment? Should we tell everybody to calm down and take a breath and spread out a little? Or should we burn this motherfucker to the ground? And it's such a simple answer. Right. And it's like, why would you expect them to do anything other than what they did? And I, in a sense, I don't blame them for what they did. Like they were doing what they were supposed to do as artists. I mean, it's hard to talk about Fred Durst as an artist, but you know what I mean? Like, but, but there were, um, dissenting voices. They, they showed, the offspring 
when they started their set, they were like, hey, we've seen that um, some ladies are crowd surfing. And as that's happening, they're getting touched. And that's not cool. Like, stop doing that. Right. Which, like, I appreciated that they noticed that they didn't like it. And then they said something. I will say. I I agree. But I also feel like that's a different issue. Like, that's a completely different thing from, like, tell everybody to stop being so excited you know right 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 well like, and all t- of the songs, tell people to stop breaking shit all of the song's lyrics were like break shit <laughs> yes. so it was it was a confusing message even if you told them not right. to break shit and i would also say the offspring thing where they said like like don't do this you know which i oh, which but I, he did say like beat them up <laughs> he, yeah he goes he goes if you see a guy going overhead on a on a, pli- a piece of plywood grab, grab him by the balls yeah. and it's like I get it, but so it also close. sort of undercuts <laughs> yes, the entire exactly, message. Exactly. You know? How about let's not sexually assault anybody? Yeah, or even like it, it just kind of turns the whole thing into a joke. Like mm-hmm. by saying that, he's going, just well, now, kidding. Now, you know, well, and also now there's like parody. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that those two things are the same. Well, like, yeah, and that I can do it if you do it to me. Yeah, it just it, anyway. Well, the promoter also, the thing that really um, made my stomach turn, and it was like comically villainous, Mm -hmm. where he was like, yes, 10 women reported being raped there. Right. But so many women had their clothes off. So like, that's their fault. And it's like, do you hear yourself? Right. Yeah. Also, I mean, it was such a, it was such a like. I don't know when they recorded that, but it can have been. It felt like from a long ago, but it felt from 50 years ago. Yeah. It felt like, and I'm not saying it was okay to say that back then, but that's such an attitude that is so in the distant past. And he's saying that now of like, well, they were asking for it. And, and basically the, the, the film posits that way more. Oh, ten hundreds more, hundreds were raped. more. Yeah, they ten reported it, which, which yeah. tracks with, um, rape statistics. Right, and they had a woman. Who, I mean, there were so many things about it, but like they had a woman who said, "I sent out this email, and all these people started responding and saying, yes, this happened and to me.' Just whatever. Like the most horrific things happened. To but me. then also talking about, I think it was one specific case, but I'm sure there were more than there were more than one peoples who felt this way. Um, sometimes I get lost in my own, uh, uh, verbiage, uh, but that they were like, I don't, I didn't even know who to report it to or how to report it. Or like, it was just like, it's, it happened. And I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. So yeah, I didn't report it. And I, I think that whole, um, they were asking for it mentality is internalized by the population Right. So, like, I I think it's such a an act that you feel so much shame after anyway, right. and if you at all feel responsible, like, you know, you see where I'm. I going. do. I do. Like, uh, this is purely hypothetical, but like, it, let's say a woman was walking around in a pair of shorts with no shirt on and got assaulted, and then went to report it. She then has to answer questions like, what were you wearing at the time? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just wearing a pair of shorts. So you had no shirt on. Like, all of a sudden, she's putting herself in right. 
a position of like having to explain, yeah, I didn't have a shirt on, but like, but that's not because I wanted to be yeah. raped, you know, right, right, like, right. um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty distressing. Cause I, I, I mean, I remember it happening, but I don't remember it being a big deal. And then when they were right. showing like the state police rolling through at the end and all that stuff. I was like, holy shit. Like this was. And helicopters. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I guess it bummed me out. Cause I kept doing like math of like how old are people and how old are they now? And like, Oh, that tracks. Like <laughs> that's that angry population is still angry. Well, that's what I was thinking about yeah. too, was I feel like you could match up a lot of the footage during the uh, hot dog water and the chocolate starfish guy. Uh Fred Durst set to the Capitol riot. I mean, right. literally I, right I, down I, to the scaffolding, I, you know? I bet you there's a Venn diagram of... Um, People who were at both? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think that was any great insight on my part, but that's all I could think the whole time was like, this is, this is the same mentality that was present on January 6th. And again, it, it was, this is a, uh, this was positive in the film, so I, I can't present it like it was my the film posits things no but it it was a population of young people who were angry but not really at anything Mm -hmm. and so just hard for me to wrap my head around because i get angry but it's always (laughs) about something but like this at least gave them a place to do it communally but it was it was so because again they posit that like past generations have fought against Vietnam or fought. Right, right, right. They were angry about Vietnam at Woodstock yeah. 69. But here, it, I think, like, I, I think there is something to, like, young people are just angry, but they showed all the news, like, the economy had never been better, and, mm-hmm. like, th- there was nothing truly to be angry about. They were just angry. I think there was an element that crept into some of the discussion that didn't really get accentuated of, like, maybe and maybe i'm just reading into this the, the y2k maybe, stuff well there was the y2k stuff but also maybe people were starting to realize that the wealth gap was just widening and widening and widening you know that the haves were having more and the have nots were having less or the have sums were becoming the have nots and right you know and that's like before we were where we are today oh, way before yeah i mean it like was people, sort of at the beginning of all that there or the was middle a middle of class that. back yeah, then right <laughs> Things are being destroyed. But here, here's another thing, because, you know, now we're talking about the Capitol riots, or at least we we mentioned it. So the fucking lid is off on that. <laughs> we're going to talk about this documentary for one and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, no, no. I mean, it, just in, in reference to the documentary. So they show a little bit of uh, DMX's set mm-hmm. where. That was also an upsetting piece. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, the, the, the Wesley Morris, the cultural critic who they, who they cut to in that is talking about how, you know, it's upsetting to see people, um, the song they show some footage of is a call and response version of, and you can't even say the name of the song anymore because it's my N words by DMX. 
And so he's saying the calls and then the whole audience audience. There were hundreds of thousands of people there. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about that. <laughs> like, this is so stupid, but I was thinking about it in terms of like the Capitol riot. Like, imagine that was the crowd at the ellipse for the Capitol riot. Only in terms of the fact that if there had been that many people at the Capitol ellipse, all we would have heard about after that was like, I think there were probably two or 300 million people there. There had to be at least <laughs> 200 million. Very loving. There was a lot of touching, groping, feeling, pinching, you know. There were um, some bad apples, but. Yeah, right. But but anyway, it was just a monstrous number of people. And so he would say his line and then the whole crowd would who were all doing their their exes because uh-huh. there was would come back with my N word like. And it, so this guy's point was how scary it was that people wanted that permission to say the N word. And I get where he's coming from, but I also feel like at that time. It that, wasn't. Well, that word like. I guess what I'm saying is like that word was a word that people used in songs that sort of took away from this is such a terrible word. Like it wasn't in conversation, but because DMX used it in his song, from my point of view, and who the fuck am I? I'm a fucking white guy who was in his in his late 70s at that time. Um, you look great. <laughs> thank you. Uh but to me, some of the power was missing from that work, mm-hmm. which I contrast with. And that's the reason why I talk about the Capitol riots. The testimony at this hearing the other day where one of the Capitol policemen talked about how he told the rioters. You know, they were like, nobody voted for Joe Biden. And he said, I mean, he's clearly trying to reason with these people in this moment and goes, I voted for Joe Biden. Am I nobody? And he said, this woman turns to the group and goes, hey, this N word voted for Joe Biden, this F and N word. Like, and then it's just like it was it was it's, it's like that was my- so shocking to me. You know, it's that that's very upsetting. That that people and I do think uh, you, you can't you can't blame all of it on one person, but I do think you can say that Donald Trump being president of the United States has made it way more okay for people to come out and say stuff like that and feel com- like you kind of would keep that to yourself, even if you felt that way for you a would long know time. know that it was not cool. Yeah. Bad. And, and yeah. as he said, and this was like another thing where you're just like, oh my God, where he goes, nobody had ever called me the N word while I was in uniform before. And it's like, yeah, first of all, this person is saying this to a cop like what the fuck and that he has to qualify nobody ever called me the n word when i was in uniform right. like of course they're going to call me that could that just happens people just call me that like that happens and that's the world we live in and also now they're just saying it to somebody who is an authority figure you know 
But to hear him say that out loud, and you you heard him say it in the hearing, then they played it on the news, and they didn't like censor it or bleep it or anything, oh, wow. and it just was like, it's still so horrific to me to hear that word out loud in that context that somebody's saying that to another person, and maybe that makes me naive, but right, no, well, because that is, it's using it in the way that it's intended to for it to be the most powerful the most hurtful the, the most, most insulting yeah yeah um there's no like and not that this would make it okay but there's like no irony there's no and it's not being used in the way that DMX was using it, which was like, these are my people. Like, this uh-huh. is my people that I'm talking about. My friends, my no, this words. is like, this is yeah. an other. Right. This is a terrible thing. Um, really. And and then, of course, you know, the whole. Uh, the whole. Just uh, the, 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 the whole Fox News, like making fun of those guys and people saying that they're just mouthpieces for Nancy Pelosi. It just, the whole thing is so. But it's also like the left doesn't like Nancy Pelosi. Like what are (laughs) we talking about? Right. Right. Nobody likes poor Nancy Pelosi. Um, Uh, Well, we haven't started checking in, but I was actually out of town and, um, and when I came back, I was like, Oh, what did you do? Well, I was gone, Jeff, and he was like, I watched this Woodstock 99 documentary, and I actually don't want to talk about it right now because it was a huge bummer. And I was like, oh, I got to see this. (laughs) You're really Mm -hmm. selling it. So I I watched it. Yeah, it's funny. I just turned it on for like two seconds last night. And, you know, I was like, let me, this is literally what I said to myself, because I knew Dave Holmes was in it, friend of the show, Dave Holmes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just going to watch it until Dave Holmes comes on. And see him once, and then I'm going to go to bed. And he was on in like 20 minutes, and then I just was like, oh, I got to watch. I'm this. hooked. Yeah, yeah I watched well, and, the whole thing. And even maybe it was corn. I'm not exactly sure. I don't remember. But they they had like dummies with the faces of Backstreet Boys. Yes, that and then they, they hit beat with, him with bats. Yeah, yeah, and like even that I found really upsetting. Like fine you don't like that music do you need them dead like mm-hmm. i it it doesn't make sense to me like you can just not listen to that music right and that was a weird well but i think that was one of the weird things that they were commenting on was carson oh. daly's show like trl live and how they had this this weird confluence of like christina aguilera and Limp Biscuit uh, on yeah. in the same countdown, even like you know, and, and so people were like, oh, "Fuck those got like so angry about you know," and that is something that I do remember is how much everybody just hated that element of mm-hmm. pop music, the the sort well, of Backstreet Boys, Oaktown three five seven. Both sides are pretty bad. <laughs> um, Right, but I guess I I never even felt any impact from from like corn and and limp biscuit to me were always just nothing like they weren't uh, a factor. Whereas yeah. the other guys kind of 
were present in my consciousness. Like I saw them on TV and stuff. And I was like, Oh, people hate these guys, you know, whereas the other guys, I was like, I heard of corn. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they do. Maybe I saw a second of them and I was like, you know, (laughs) like, and, and I think in the documentary, they say that Columbine happened six months before the concert. It was right around there. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just was like, God damn it. My childhood sucked. <laughs> like, it really? Because uh, I was in high school right. during Columbine. Yeah, I, re- I remember me that. Me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> well, and also the dark side of that is like that would be Tuesday now. Like, don't they happen constantly? We don't even like even hear about them. Right. Right. And we're just waiting for a a good guy with a gun to come along. Well, And it's all just hired actors pretending to be crisis actors. That's what somebody called those cops. Those Capitol police was, these are just crisis actors performing a script for Nancy Pelosi. I I just, I, I have no hope anymore. Um, let me let me let me just talk about this for a second because I was thinking about this a lot this week. Let uh, you first, get a word in edgewise. Yeah, well, no, no, no. I feel like we always <laughs> this show is always about like, oh, Amber, what's going on? <laughs> Amber, checking in. Amber, what is your opinion about this thing? Amber, tell us more about dressage. <laughs> um, so maybe I can uh, maybe I can talk a little on this episode. Sure. I um, better no, make I, it interesting. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I was, uh, I, I was, well, first thing I was thinking about Norman Lear this week, because Norman Lear turned 99 years old this week. He had his 99th birthday on July 27th. And that's a lot of years, you know, it's a lot of years. And, uh, Obviously, we all know a lot about Norman Lear's career, but there's things I didn't know about his career. Like I looked at his Wikipedia page and I was like reading through stuff like we all know how much he was involved in the sitcom scene in the 1970s. And, you know, uh, oh, I guess uh, this is not what I learned from his Wikipedia page, although I think there's a reference to it on there. But uh all in the family. Uh, I learned this from the CNN show about sitcoms. All in the family, they shot the pilot three different times. They oh, wow. shot the pilot once. They didn't like the kids. They shot it again. They still didn't like the kids. They shot it a third time and they kept the kids, wow. which was Rob Reiner and Sally Struthers. So good choice. <laughs> as it turns out, uh, it was just interesting. Like, Oh, like, here's Norman Lear's first big pilot and they didn't get it right, right away, yeah. but the network still gave them chances to try again and try yeah, again. I feel they like that like, doesn't happen anymore. No. Right? They're like, we know we have something here, but this is not quite right. Uh, it just was really interesting. But anyway, so he did all in the family and he did the Jeffersons and Maude and every, every other fucking thing. Um, and then started a movie production company, which is something that I was not, fully aware of only because in the Wikipedia entry, it was like he, he started this movie production company and produced three Rob Reiner films, the sure thing, uh, uh, stand by me and princess bride. Oh my God. And like, 
I always, you know, I was always a fan of Rob Reiner as a director because I loved those movies. I mean, those were right when I was in high school and college. And those were some of my favorite uh, uh, movies at that time. But I didn't realize Norman Lear was involved. Anyway, the thing that I thought was really interesting in his Wikipedia entry was that he said that he was inspired towards advocacy. Like all of his shows have an element of like social justice in them, you know, like people should get along and, and, and the things that keep us apart are less important than the things that bring us together, class and race. And yeah, yeah. And he's always been very into all that. And I just thought it was interesting that he talks about how the reason he got into advocacy and he, he, he got very involved with a group. I don't remember the name of it, but he founded some group in opposition to the moral majority back in the seventies and eighties. And, you know, but he uh, heard a sermon from father Coughlin when he was nine years old. And I don't know if people know who father Coughlin was, But Father Coughlin was a Roman Catholic priest who had a weekly radio show in he he, I think he was Canadian, but he had a weekly radio show here in America in the 1930s. And he was very uh, he was well, you know, he was a Roman Catholic priest. So he advocated all the things that Jesus advocated, like anti-Semitism and fascism like he was very pro hitler very pro mussolini and very anti-semitic um obviously i'm being sarcastic when i say that those are the things jesus advocated because there were jews jesus didn't like but as a people he was kind of okay with them um i'm sure there had to be some he didn't like i don't know (laughs) for a whole deal was just be cool to everybody and it's weird there had to be somebody where he was like (laughs) Except fuck that guy. Yeah, he, he, he's like they're like, uh, Lord, here comes Phil, and he and and Jesus goes, oh Jesus, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, Father Coughlin, and so Father Coughlin, I knew who he was. Like I've heard of him. I don't know a lot about him, but I've definitely, I have a long dead elderly relative who I know was a big Father Coughlin fan, and that is a thing that people have. Like posters? Like what it would No, no, no. Just listen to him all the time. Like listen to him and (laughs) (laughs) president of his fan club. uh, Always went autograph hunting. No, no, just like listen to his show every week and thought what he said had a lot of made a lot of sense, you know. And that is something that 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 elderly relative has always been denigrated for is like, you know, the thing you need to remember about so and so is that she was a big Father Coughlin fan back in oh, the 30s, you know. Um, but you know, Father Coughlin, I mean, he was Tucker Carlson before Tucker Carlson, right. you know. He was a he was a I don't know if it would be expressed this way, but he was a white nationalist, pro-fascist, anti-Semitic hater of everyone except the right white people who were already in your group. So he was Tucker Carlson and he was Tucker Carlson. I mean, Tucker Carlson gets the best ratings on cable news. Right. And what does Tucker Carlson get three or 4 million viewers per episode? 
And Father Coughlin got 30 million listeners every week. Like that's how many people he had wow. listening to his show. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. And then finally, I guess in 1939, when the war started in, in, in Europe, uh, <laughs> they took him off the air. They were like, like, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. No more. <laughs> well, Sorry, it's hard Father to Coughlin. like. Yeah. Yeah. Be- Pro Hitler, well, people are getting shipped off. When the, the when the Blitzkrieg has begun, yeah. yeah. Um, although it'd be two more years before the United States got involved. But anyway, uh, all of this, I was the reason I was thinking about Norman Lear in the first place was not just because of his birthday, but because in two thousand and one. This is going to sound very self-aggrandizing, and I don't mean it that way. And there's a reason I'm bringing it up. 2001, I did my one-person show at the Aspen Comedy Festival. It was a very big deal. Um, That was back when I knew my career was really taking off. And then uh, apparently the plane had some technical issues, and we've been stuck on the runway ever since. But it was really fun to go to Colorado and be treated like a, like an artist and have like a pass that got me into anything. And I got to see Steve Martin perform and, oh wow, uh, you know, just like, it was very cool, but probably, probably the coolest thing that happened to me while I was there was I did my show. My show was called taught and it was about my experiences as a teacher in my first year of teaching. And I came off stage and I was leaving the, I was leaving the theater, just walking through the, you know, there was no way out except because it was like in the basement of a hotel. It wasn't really a theater. It was just like a conference room in the basement of a hotel. And I'm making it sound small. It was huge, but it was still, there wasn't like a back door to get out, you know, there wasn't an artist entrance. Right. So I was walking through the audience. Most of the audience was gone. And somebody was like, Hey, Norman Lear is here. Do you want to meet him? And I was like, sure. So I went up and I met Norman Lear and he was like, that was wonderful. I really, really loved it. It was so great. Like whatever, like he just was so kind and so effusive about this thing that I had put my heart and soul into. And so I would accept that from anybody as a huge compliment, but to get it from Norman Lear, the king of sitcoms, uh, was, was very, very cool. I, I just thought like, you know, and he was just a young lad of 79 at the time, you know, like he was uh, a <laughs> chicken. He was just getting started. Um, so that was one thing that I was thinking about this. Week. I just want to I want to yeah. connect a, a, an idea real quick mm-hmm. just to make sure. So he listened to that father when he was nine years old. He heard that guy and was and like. He, and that guy decided, seems to hate Jews and I'm a Jew. That doesn't seem fair that he gets to go on the air and okay. talk terrible things about Jews. I hope that I can someday be someone Do who the gets to say something nice about, you know. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because otherwise. Because we like, didn't ever actually. I feel say- like my brain goes in 11 <laughs> different directions at once and people are like, what the fuck is he talking about? So, yes, <laughs> thank you for clarifying that. Um I also, I wrote down a quote that that was in his Wikipedia article, which I thought was so funny. He goes, he goes, my dad had a brother, Jack, 
who flipped me a quarter every time he saw me. All I wanted was to grow up to be a guy who could flip a quarter to a nephew. Aww. <laughs> That's what I want too. Uh, but I can't afford a quarter right now. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and imagine how much a quarter was worth when when Uncle Jack was oh, flipping them to young Norman. Like that was in the 30s. Yeah, that would have been that would have been like a five hundred dollar bill, you know. <laughs> um but here's another, this was just a little detail that I thought was so incredible that was in the Wikipedia article was, so he starts out his career and he wants to be, I guess he was like a publicist, like his father had been a publicist. And so he was like, this is what you do. You publicize other people or no, sorry, Uncle Jack was a publicist. And he was like, this is what you do. This is how you get money. You become a publicist and then you can flip quarters to your nephew. So he starts as a publicist and he moves to Los Angeles to be He's like, this is a great place to go. I can go here and I can be a publicist and whatever. His first night in Los Angeles, he somehow ends up at a play. I don't know where. Uh, it's like a George Bernard Shaw play. And one of the actors in the play is Charlie Chaplin's son. So the son of Charlie Chaplin is in this play. And... So, of course, Norman Lear sitting in the audience in front of him is fucking Charlie Chaplin sitting in the audience. The play ends. Charlie Chaplin goes up on stage and starts performing. Like, imagine that's your first night in Los Angeles is you show up and it's, you know, I, I don't but know. Also, what, poor Charlie Chaplin's son. Like, right. <laughs> give me this one night, man. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, I just did Pygmalion. Can we just <laughs> revel in that for five night, seconds instead of you? Me? <laughs> Why did you let him bring the derby and the cane? Please. <laughs> um, but anyway, I just thought that was such a fucking wild. Uh, like, what was, do you remember what your first experience in Los Angeles was? I mean, you grew up out here, so yeah, you were I, here I, all the I time. I came as a all kid. the time. But yeah, I, um, no, not really. What it, What is yours? Well, I mean, my first my first experience. Funny you should bring that up. My first experience what was made going. What you think to ask? Was I didn't even think of it till right now. I should have written it down. But I my first day. It was not my first time in Los Angeles because I had come out to visit a few times before. But my first day when I moved here in 2004, when I like committed 100 percent to this is where I live now. I sublet an apartment from a guy who was working at the comedy store. So I had to go, I had to go from the airport. So I land at the airport. I have oh, to go wow. to the comedy store to meet this guy and get the keys from him. And I go up to the office at the comedy store and he's not there yet. He's coming in and I'm just sitting in the comedy store main office and in walks Paulie Shore, oh who's God. with like a couple of his, you know, whatever weasels is that what we call them? <laughs> um, but he's got a couple of people with him, and they all walk in. and He's talking to this guy, he's talking to that guy, and he looks at me and he goes, "And who the fuck are you?" And I was like, ah, "I'm in LA, you know, <laughs> um, some showbiz asshole treating me like shit because he doesn't know who I am." Welcome to LA. Big difference from seeing Charlie Chaplin perform, which would have been much more fun. Oh, I, 
I would say that Polly Shore is our generation's Charlie. That's a good I point. I couldn't get through it. No, no, no. I think you have a good point. You know, amazing film. I would, I would say that. Um, shit, what was the movie he did with Brendan Fraser? Uh, or the Encino other one Man? where he was in the Encino what? Man. Encino Man, Son, yeah. I would say Encino Biodome. <laughs> I could go on. This was my the second one. <laughs> the second one I was thinking of was Biodome, but you you nailed the first one, which is Encino <laughs> Man. I would say Encino Man is right up there with Great the Great Dictator as far as like classics go. You know, I will watch Son-in-Law and, right and now. <laughs> Biodome is very similar to City Lights. They're mm-hmm. both, you know. Of no, a piece. I, you could tell that he was inspired by. Mm-hmm. He didn't uh, direct a single thing, though, right? <laughs> Polly Shore. Oh, he must have. I'm sure he must have at some point, or he's starting tomorrow or something. Sure. Um. So here's another. Here's another uh, uh, thing. Well, let's do checking in. I'll start. Okay. How about that? <laughs> because I I feel like you know. I get it. Like you have a lot to talk about it, but at a certain point, it's like enough is enough. Let Shut me, up. let Shut me say something, you know, it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're almost an hour into this now. And it's like enough, right. Amber, right. enough. Not even. <laughs> so I, I got a text this week, a random text from a number I was not familiar with, which usually leads to instant deletion. Sure. But Tex was like, is this, you know, my name, I won't say my name because I'm trying to keep it on the down low, sure. but <laughs> That's private. is this so-and-so? Blank, blank, blank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is your cousin thus and such. And I was like, so anyway, of course, I spent half an hour texting back and forth with my cousin who was trying to get in touch with me, pretending it wasn't me and like fucking with her and like whatever, whatever. I like of course as though like like what else would i do you know like what else? just say like yes yeah <laughs> but you know you? that's not that's not is something the matter is that why you're texting me? that's not my mo uh but anyway ultimately and and this is like you know there i have a lot of cousins and a lot of them are really great and bragging really fun um but this isn't know. one of them <laughs> Huge fan of the show, by the way. Listens to every episode, but yeah, she's not. Uh, no, no, no. It just was so great to hear from her. Anyway, she she just was texting to. She had been in L.A. and had not. I haven't seen her in a couple of years because this is one of the people that I go to Virginia with every summer and have done so for forty years. Oh my god! But haven't seen her since the last time we were in Virginia. And wow. anyway, I so. She just wanted to make sure it was my number. And I was like, so I called her. I immediately called her and was like, hey, am I calling too late? Because she's not in this time zone. We ended up having a conversation for like an hour on the phone. And basically it was mostly. She was calling to say that things were going well for her, which was great. Oh, good. Um, Yeah. I mean, because. That has not always been the case. And so this was mostly a conversation about this is happening now. This is happening now. This is happening now. All these good things are happening because, you know, like I said, I haven't talked to her in a couple of years and I felt like the last 
I said, I feel like the last time we talked, this is not where you were at in your life. And now, you know, this is, this is great. But all of this is not the point of the story that I'm telling. The point of the story is that while I was talking to her on the phone, I went for a walk through my neighborhood. I was like, let me just get out. I do that sometimes. Like, I, I think I've said several times on the show, and this is not bragging, but I have been working out like a motherfucker over the course of the last five months, but I do that every other day. And then on the in-between days, I just try to go for a walk for 45 minutes or an hour. So you know? smart. So smart. Just like an easy ramble. Great for your heart, head, soul. Spirituality, everything. Yeah. So I go for this walk. I'm talking to her on the phone. I have to excuse myself a couple of times and just go, just so you know, I live in a very hilly neighborhood. So I apologize <laughs> for my heavy breathing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm coming back down the hill right outside my house. I'm, 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 you know, 50 feet from my front door. And I step on a crack in the street. And I just, I don't know how to say it, except I go down like I've just been shot. Like I just Uh. face plant. Face first? As hard as possible. Ugh. Slam the phone on the ground as I'm trying to, like, as I'm falling, I slam the phone on the ground because I just flailed both hands down, you know. Oh, my God. Um, I, I, uh, let me see if I can send this to you so you can share it on screen because I did take a picture. Um. I fucking ripped my knee open. Uh, anyway, she doesn't even notice because I guess the phone doesn't make noise like that. Oh, weird. So she just keeps talking. Oh, God. Um, do you see the thing I just sent you in the yes. chat? So I'm like, I'm so I'm face first. I'm like flat on the ground. And you know, just to make it clear, I think people get this by now, but just to be clear, I am b- a big person. This is not like, this is not like a potted plant tipping over. This is like a redwood toppling in the forest, you know, like this is a huge fuck up. Boom. Big noise. I'm sure I made some kind of like exclamation of some sort i landed flat on my face on this on the street uh i'm bleeding i'm i'm checking you know how you like do like an inventory like is anything broken is anything and i could tell right away nothing was broken i was like how badly sprained is my ankle i definitely just turned my ankle how bad is it doesn't seem that bad but then again who knows there's adrenaline pumping right now i don't know but part of me can you see that yes i can that's that's uh yeah there's my knee that's upsetting (laughs) and as you can see in that picture i purposely have purchased a pair of they're not like gigantic boots but i but i'm aware that the neighborhood is filled with terrible streets and that my ankles have a propensity for giving out in those situations so I thought wearing those type of shoes would prevent this from happening. It did not. No, yeah, also, there's there's true ankle support. I see it. You're not wearing flip flops. No, not no, no, no. I purposely have. They're not like I said. They're not 
they're not high boots, but they're definitely mid calf or mid, 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 whatever. But anyway, also you could take that down now, but boy, oh boy, <laughs> look at the muscles on that leg, huh? Um, but so part of me, that was me, so much work. I'm so proud of myself <laughs> <laughs> and so worth it too. So worth it. Um, we're in, <laughs> but part of the, part of the, part of me, part of me was like, thank God nobody saw that. Like, there like was just that em- would be the worst part. Well, it was just like, it would be embarrassing. You know, it would be embarrassing for somebody to see me fall that hard. Like I'm just a fucking middle-aged man wandering down the street. And then I go down like that. Like that's, that's not good. Are you okay? Like, are you sore? Are you able Do to. Do I walk? seem okay? I mean, walk don't through. answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> But wait, so here's the point okay. of what I'm getting sorry, to sorry, sorry. is I say to my cousin on the phone, I'm like, ah, oh, I just fucking wiped out so hard. And she's like, oh, my God, are you OK? And I'm like gathering myself. I have to get up then. Like, I have to like, you know, well, everything is everything OK? Like, I it's I, like I, scary. I fucked up. You, yeah, yeah. You, well, you, I wasn't scared, but I was hurt. Like, I could see that my finger was bleeding and my knee was bleeding and I had scraped up both my hands. and whatever. So I stand up, I stand up and I see a guy like 20 feet away, just looking in the other direction. Good for him. No, not good for him. Okay. (laughs) Because he doesn't know I'm okay. You might be dead. I could have been really badly hurt. Okay. And he just chose to ignore the whole thing. So I so I start walking again. I walk past the guy down to my house. He says nothing. And I'm like, this motherfucker just I could have been I could have broken my face. Mm-hmm. I could have broken my leg. I could have been badly injured. Maybe I had a heart attack. He doesn't know what happened. Right, right, right. He knows something happened and I went down and he could not be fucking bothered to investigate. He wanted nothing to do with it. And that really bothered me. Like I was like, what kind of fucking world is this that somebody can just go, not my problem. Good luck, motherfucker. Anyway, my point is, be like Norman Lear. Don't be like that guy. Okay. Go out of your way to be, be nice kind. to other people. Yes. Check Instead of going people. out of your way to ignore other people. Because that's that's where we're at at this point. Um, so that's my checking in is there's people in LA who are thoughtless. Hmm. I know what you're saying. Like, you're like, good for him because at least he didn't embarrass me. But well, my point I, was not that. My point was like. No, I get it. I get I get your point. Mm-hmm. You just had said that I hope no one had seen this. Right. And I guess the thing, again, because my brain goes in 11 directions at once, the connection there is it That's made actually- me feel even worse that somebody did see it and didn't think it was a big and enough deal to even, ask, even like, are you OK? Yeah. To even go like, hey, man, you OK? Mm. Which I would have been like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. I, you know, look away. <laughs> yeah, right. 
But to not even get that reaction just bummed me out so hard. Yeah. Because it's like, what the fuck do we have if we don't have other people looking out for each other? You totally. Know? I mean, I have, you know, I have clothes, I have shelter, I have food, but I mean, I'm, I don't know. It was a bummer. It was a, it was a huge yeah, bummer. I'm sorry. It happens. That's, that's a it bummer. Happens. But how are you physically feeling right now? Well, of course, the worst part is waking up the next day and realizing all the muscles that you pulled and strained and whatever. So it was like, I was like, oh, my forearm hurts. My like, finger hurts. Muscle, like, Yeah. yeah uh and here's the other part of it is like you know how they always talk about like um eating is an emotional thing and i'm always like i don't care like i'm i you know sometimes i feel like eating this sometimes I feel like, <laughs> that night after chocolate <laughs> well after i got home i was like i have this salad i'm supposed to have for dinner like i made myself a salad for dinner Fuck that. I'm going to the supermarket and getting fried chicken and ice cream. <laughs> so I went to the supermarket at one o'clock in the morning because I was like, I don't want to eat a salad right now. I want these other things just because I fucking flattened myself on the street on the way home. It's you know? scary. I know you said that it wasn't scary, but I find um, falls like that. The physical fall the pain is one thing but it's also just this like real deal reminder that like oh i can break at any minute like mm -hmm. it's that's the scary is what i'm talking about of like oh that could have been even worse than it was right had i not had gymnastics training and known how to fall flat on my face like that mm -hmm. like that's how you're supposed to break those falls is with your face you know the nose really right um that's what you learn in gymnastics is like mm -hmm. but yeah anything could could go horribly awry in that moment you know and the other part of it is that is not the first time that has happened to me it's the first time in a number of years but like i i have always felt that i have had like, I don't know what you want to call it, but like weak ankles, you know, in other words, like a crack in the sidewalk will fuck me up and has since I was a kid, like I'll go down, you You're know, You're not a figure skater. No, no. Uh, so I was like, is this, like you said, it could happen at any time. Like it could, you know, you never know, like, especially the way the fucking roads are out here. I'm very aware of the fact that going for a walk on the street out here, it's like a, it's like a topical topograph. Yeah. It's fucked up. You know? <laughs> uh, anyway, hopefully, but, but I did have that thought the next morning. So I get up and I'm like, Oh, that hurts. This hurts. I did do something which I don't ordinarily do. I didn't like ice my ankle or anything, which I probably should have. But I did very, very carefully wash my knee because mm. I've just done that so many times where Ugh. I didn't wash it and it gets infected and there's like dirt in it or asphalt or Ugh, whatever. And it's so painful. So I didn't. It still hurts, but I think it could have been a lot worse if I had not really, really gotten into it that night, you know. Um, but I woke rice, up the next. Rice, rest, ice, compression, Compression, elevation. elevation. Yeah. Yeah, you got to do it. No, I, I did. Uh, the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I did epic. Jumping jacks. Yeah, yeah. Heat. Uh, 
but but um, I did have the thought the next morning when I was waking up and like sort of going, oh, wow. Oh, and then like slowly limping into the kitchen to make coffee. I just had a vision of myself in 25 years of like, this is what it's going to be like every morning. Oh, <laughs> you know? man. Like, this is this is what I have to look forward to. Uh, all right. Checking in. Amber. Should we should we take a break or? Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll check in with you after the break and then okay, we'll do great. parting shots. And Perfect. Then after that, we'll do the after show. And then uh, <laughs> we'll be here all day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with more of this horrible series of events for me. Series oh, of man. unfortunate events like Lemony Snicket. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Amber and myself are taking a little break right now. Um, and I just wanted to let you know, here's a here's a teaser. Spoiler alert. Um, get ready for next week's episode. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be a doozy. I guess we'll see. Now, back to our show. Snickering, lying, or bickering. Who stole what from whom first? We're back. You're listening to The Long Shot. It is a podcast. And uh, I know this is a weird episode where we heard a little bit from me this time. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's zooming like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that you guys could see this. He's like doing donuts behind me. Oh Smudgy. God. His name's Smudgy. I have to put a dollar. Oh, I thought you were talking about Jeff. I got to put a dollar in the in the swear jar. I, I promised to not bring up Smudgy today. but I oh, right. <laughs> Just to myself. Uh, I, I feel right. like I'm boring talking about him constantly. <laughs> uh well, let's let's uh, get back to let's get back to normal and just hear more from Amber on this. Going episode. on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> checking in, Amber, what's going on with you? Yeah, I um I think I mentioned this on the last podcast. I had to uh, work a, a screening of Guillermo del Toro's <clears throat> Troll Hunters: Rise of the Titans. The director of Birdman, or no? No, unfortunately, no. Mm -hmm. um, he did win an Oscar. Yeah. For what? But not, not for Birdman. For, um, oh, no. Pan? Was it for Pan? No, this is when my brain is bad, but like fish guy, lady has sex with fish guy. Oh, um, the shape of <laughs> the water. The shape of water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, Guillermo, we read your script and we really like it, but we don't I love think the, the title, title. The lady has sex with fish guy. <laughs> we can't sell that. Can we at least have correct punctuation and like <laughs> grammar? Um, so that's what I did on Sunday, and it was really intense and really surreal because I didn't even realize this ahead of time. But that was my first time going back to a movie theater. Mm -hmm. So it's my first time going back to a movie theater. I'm seeing a bunch of people from work that I have not seen in a year and a half. 
in a completely different context. We're in a movie theater on the west side. Um, so that's already like I'm in a mall and there's a west side. <laughs> yes. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> um there's a there's a mall and a movie theater, and um I don't go to malls, I don't go anywhere. I right. do not go anywhere. Oh, me neither. I went for a walk the other night and well, I don't want to interrupt you. You should go on. <laughs> enough, Sean. Enough. <laughs> um, so I'm in like an echoey mall and there's a movie theater. And then what theater was it? It um the landmark on Pico. It's like right across the street from Apple Pan. I don't think so. Yes, it is. <laughs> Pretty sure it's not, but go on. <laughs> My least favorite game you play. <laughs> Just like gaslighting for gaslighting's sake. <laughs> Who knew that a game I like to play 15 years ago would turn into the national obsession? Um, so, yeah, I'm already there. I'm already in a theater. Wherever, wherever you were, wherever you actually were. Yeah. Sure, sure. I am lying about it to seem cooler? <laughs> question mark. Across from the apple pan. <laughs> have you ever eaten at the apple pan? I think I have. I can't remember. Do they have good burgers there? Yeah, that's their whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there once. Didn't care for it. Also, it's not where you're saying it is. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Uh, anyway, so you're, so you're so- seeing all these people. I'm I'm seeing all these people and also like for example one of them is now my boss and has not ever been my boss before like who were they before the head of DreamWorks TV marketing not somebody you were involved with right i i knew that you have changed jobs so Correct. they are now your direct yes. boss so it's weird to be like and we're right. all wearing masks, obviously, because right. COVID. LA is, is just exploding with COVID. It's back right? and better than ever, and yeah. um, and so it. I don't like. We don't have even a relationship in real life. Was your previous boss there as well? No. <laughs> because that would be fun too to see your old boss and go. Well, and Fuck it's like, you, Charles. Right, right, right. Can't you wait know? to do that next yeah. time I see him in person. Just <laughs> fart right in his face. <laughs> Uh, Amber, I am wearing a mask, so that did not affect me as much as you might think it would. This feels... By the way, do you know where the Apple Pen is? <laughs> it's not here. <laughs> and it, it was a screening. And as soon... Okay, so already I feel like I have hearing problems. Mm-hmm. I, I When I'm in a setting when there's... Um, uh, like background noise and foreground noise. I get it. That's the best way to describe it. I have a hard time. So you're saying when you're in a place that's occupied. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time hearing people like, um, and so this was that it was like a cavernous. Right. And we're all wearing masks. So I can't even like pick up on, um, lip reading. Visual or cues. Yes. Yeah. And. 
like I want to do this new job well. Like I, mm-hmm. it, it's something that this week has been just a lesson in like let that go. Like you're gonna be bad at it for a while. Like mm-hmm. it's okay. But I want to be so good at it. And so my new boss is like, "Have you uh, worked any comic cons or screenings?" Or he like listed off a bunch of things. And I'm like, <laughs> "Ever been no. to a convention? A scout meeting?" <laughs> Uh, maybe Amway. You sold Amway at some point. And you had to go to the lectures. <laughs> but he, he basically, it, it just felt, it felt comical, like a sketch to me where he kept presenting things that I was like, oh, wow, here's more evidence of why you shouldn't have hired me for this job. <laughs> see, are you, have you ever been on the PTA or your condo board? Uh, maybe a neighborhood association of some sort. Have you uh, met a single other person before? Have you belonged to any organizations? <laughs> Did you have a clubhouse as a kid, perhaps? <laughs> and so I was like, I have it, but I'm like ready to work and like roll up my sleeves and tell me what to do. Quick note, because we were there to do social media. Mm-hmm. I was like, quick note, I don't have a company phone. And I'm not logged into any of the DreamWorks accounts on my phone. So I'm not good for anything right now. Like, we got to figure that out. And he's like, not a problem. Like, I've got an extra company phone. It'll be fine. We're just waiting for one other girl, Emily, who um, then we're going to work out the plan together. We had like an hour before the screening was start was going to start to do this. Somehow Emily went to the wrong theater. Who knows what happened? She was at the one across from the Apple Pen. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Fucking Amber. God damn it. Um, so we finally sit down to be like, okay, here's the plan. And I swear to God, it was like, okay, you do that. And then Amber, you also like, you just do that. And then let's go. And I was like, we all, I think we're afraid to ask questions. We're like, Got it. Mm-hmm. And then I sat down and I, because we're doing social media for the event, we have to sit in the front row of the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just sitting there having a full on panic attack because we're wearing masks. There's a crowd. Like I can't just easily be like, Hey, what, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Um, and what does that mean doing social media for the event? Like, what does that entail? Well, there was a Q&A after. And so we were going to like record the filmmakers answers and post them and that kind of thing. IG live. Like that exactly. kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was told is, <sighs> this is so boring and in the weeds, but we have different social It's okay channels. because I wrote a song parody about your job, but go ahead. You did? Mm-hmm. Already? Yeah. Can you do it? Well, I want you to finish your story first. <laughs> Something's not. All right, I'll do it. I'll do, no, no, I'll do it. I'll do. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Here it goes. <clears throat> and I don't know anything about your job. Like, I know sure. now that you're... Me neither. Turns okay. out. <laughs> <laughs> it's to the tune of 16 Tons. Do you know that song? Yeah. That old work song? Uh-huh. You load 16 tweets. What okay. do you get? Right. Another day older and deeper in debt. I really can't do this all alone. They won't even give me 
got company phone. <laughs> that was good. That was thank good. You, I you. had doubts at the beginning, but you no, won't no, no. Yet. There's a punchline. Yeah. The punchline came first. Am I wrong? There's no punchline. <laughs> okay. So it was just to get to the company phone thing. That's no, that's, that's what I mean. You that's where you started the writing. Oh, I thought you were saying in the sh- in the song, like the 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 punchline was at the beginning of the song. No, no, no. that's no, where I started what, what the I writing. Mean as soon as you said company phone, I was like, this fits with company. That's yes. what I was yes, saying. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I am so sorry. Sorry, that I, I called that a punchline. I'm, I'm sorry so that I sorry. interrupted your soliloquy. Please go on. Oh my god, I don't want to talk. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> so. We sit down and basically what's decided, we have different social channels mm-hmm. and Emily was going to post everything directly onto the Tales of Arcadia page. Hi, Amber. It's Emily again. I don't know why you're not picking up, but I am outside the apple pan where you told me to be. And <sighs> then I was supposed to just reshare those on the DreamWorks page. And I was mm-hmm. like, Great. Can't wait. Let's do this. That sounds easy. I understand that. Reshare is much easier than than the other part. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. This is so in the weeds. But it was stories. So I go in. Oh, and th- it was like it was like a fucking clusterfuck circus clown car to even get me to the DreamWorks Instagram account because he handed me the old phone, but it it was an old phone. It was so old that like it was like not recognizing the Wi-Fi. How old was it? <laughs> I it, it oh, was yeah, recognizing yeah, yeah. Right. the Wi-Fi. And um you I started kept being, with a punchline. Like, I kept being like, I'm loading it, but nothing's happening. Like it was, and then he was like, Okay, log on, on your personal phone. And I was like, I turned my phone off because that's what I do in theater. So like I was like frantically turning on my you're not having a good first week amber (laughs) and uh and he was like here here's the passcode and it was like the constitution and i was like can you hand it to me like it's repeating decimal (laughs) pi forever i was like i'm in too stressful of a state like Mm -hmm. i i need it so he handed me his whole laptop and i'm putting in anyway i got in but it was like it 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 didn't go great it wasn't a smooth sailing. The Mission Impossible theme is playing the whole time. Ding, totally. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I'm in, and I was like, I'm in. All I have to do is. Boss, I'm in. <laughs> All I have to do is reshare these stories. Right. Um, I bet that did not work out exactly how you thought it was going to. You can't reshare stories. <laughs> No, you can't. Unless she tagged my other the other handle in it, which I mm-hmm. guess we could have done that, but she didn't. So I was just sitting there being like, okay. And then we aren't supposed to post during the movie, obviously. So just the whole movie, I'm like panicking. And my new boss is sitting between me and Emily. Because the whole time I'm just like, I have to figure so out. So Emily is there by now. Yes, yes, yes. Emily's the one posting, and I'm She's the one just side-eyeing to- you. Like, why did you give me the wrong directions? <laughs> right, and and her belly was all full of good burgers. That they are good burgers. Like, you said you don't like them. No, that was me being her. Oh no, wow. they're not. That was me being me. You really? What are you doing here in the theater? <laughs> You're not a part of this. 
you really disappeared in that role. I I really believed you. <laughs> that is impressive. I find your sketches confusing on the show. I never know who's supposed to be who. I that's the note I consistently got on every one of my sketch teams is like you're not really playing a character. And I'm like, <laughs> but I'm such a good actor, right? Like, don't you believe that I am that person, even though it is just me? <laughs> like, <laughs> um. Anyway, I sort of played characters, but I wasn't like a Chris Farley. Anyway, um, oh, so I'm just sitting there like panicking. I don't think he's the best example, but go ahead. Phil Hartman? Much better. Thank you. I, I think, okay, Phil Hartman is my favorite of all time. Mm-hmm. I think my brain went with Chris Farley because it's such a stark contrast my energy is so grounded and he's so consistently right. big. But yes, I would agree with you. He doesn't disappear into roles. He's kind of doing the same trick every time. Sure. I mean, that's not fair to him, but that is kind of his, he does his thing, you know, whereas Phil Hartman inhabits he, the role. Yeah. Who is that guy? Which is why it was so scary for him when he started doing news radio. He was like, I don't know if I can do this. Play one character consistently. Oh, is that true? Did mm-hmm. you just make that up? No. Or is that true? It's true. The real deal with feel with you. Not feel. <laughs> anyway, I'm. This is so boring. This is not an interesting story. We're not we, even at the end. I want to know what happened. So what happened? You're you're trying to share is, things you can't there, share them. I'm sitting there. Like Emily's furious a- because she had a burger at Apple Pan <laughs> when she was supposed to be at the goddamn Universal showing. So I'm having a panic attack. Guillermo del Toro is checking the social page of Universal going, right. where the fuck are my stories? This right. doesn't work for me. And um, I'm fully panicking. And also it's a it's a real problem I have. And I think you suffer from similar problems. Um, that too this tall? Job, You're too tall? Way too tall. Um, mm-hmm. this, this job is forcing me to confront is like i don't like asking questions i don't like asking for help i like to figure it out myself or suffer the consequences (laughs) like i don't want to be a burden to people i guess no 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 right you you feel yeah yeah oh 100 percent, absolutely um so i was like okay this is my first time working with my new boss and like, maybe there is a way to share stories. Like, that's also what I was panicking about is like, if I'm like, hey, how do you share a story? And then he really will be like, why did I hire this girl? She doesn't even know what Instagram Let is. me look back at her resume. Let's see. Special skills, <laughs> juggling, riding a bicycle, occasionally driving a car nervously. <laughs> doesn't say anything. About... <laughs> um, she really doesn't know anything about social media. <laughs> So yeah, it, it, I my brain went to some of the, like the worst case scenarios. Yeah. Like this might be an obvious fix and I don't know it and it's really right. embarrassing. Well, and for me, I would go one step further than that, which isn't like this might be an obvious fix. My brain goes to there absolutely and is I'm something I should know right yeah. now and I am being fucking stupid for not knowing this, totally. you know. But so, okay, so also, it's my first time in a theater, which is intense. Mhm front row and you know how some theaters the front row is a good distance back this is no, the front row is always in the front amber i don't know what you, 
No, but I mean, front row some... is never back behind things. <laughs> it's always in the front. What I mean, I've been to theaters like the ArcLight, where even the front row, it they're still sort of breathing I room. I think you're not familiar with what a front row is. The front row, no, it, it is of <laughs> all the rows, the one in the front. That's the front row. No, it. It is you know, always like, the front must row. Be but... in the front row. You know the the commercial with uh, Bob Uecker. No, nobody knows that. <laughs> there's definitely at least one person listening right now who knows that commercial. So sometimes there's the front row, and it is the first row, but they it's like... always the first row. Oh, <laughs> please let me finish. But then there's they leave like a good distance, like a soccer field, before the screen. So that this front row isn't dead. Okay. They didn't do it at this theater. Mm-hmm. The the it was the front row, maybe three feet, and then the screen. Mm-hmm. And it it's like a sci-fi action adventure. So it was like, oh, <laughs> like I haven't seen it. And how were the uh, how were the speakers? Bit. Was it was it was it like surround sound or was it just like? I think it was not so bad. Normal normal i mean it, everything felt loud and big but i also was panicking i was also mm. just like how do i share a story and you have a hearing it? problem so right. so i was like i don't hear loud and big yeah um but but i like calmed i i was really proud of myself i sort of was my own parent or something where i was like mm. amber chill the fuck out it is just an instagram story like we'll figure it out or we won't like no need to beat yourself up or freak out about this so and i was like you're just gonna ask emily to send you her posts i was like great and so as soon as the movie ended because she had sent posts of like screenings about to start that i was supposed to share right i had to like lean over my new boss and was like hey emily (laughs) can you send me all of those posts as soon as possible and she's like, great, what's your phone number? Like, we, everything was the worst. Like, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did that. We got there. And then the Q&A started. Oh, no. And the thing about being in the front row, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro was two feet away from me the entire time. It was pretty mm-hmm. intense. Um, and it was it was cool. And people were so excited. What um, were some of the questions? Can you talk about it or does it, I mean, it, it's all on social media. So I feel like there's it nothing was, secret, right? It was a condensed Q and a, I think everyone on the panel got one question and it wasn't from the audience. It mm-hmm. was like predetermined. Oh, questions. I see. So it was fake. I mean, they answered questions <laughs> that they had decided it was okay to answer. Like if we <laughs> right. really wanted to get right. to the bottom of this movie, we would have to really pry into it. Yeah. We have to, get to the bottom of this children's film um who knows what's going on you know i don't know if i want my kid watching this <laughs> but the q a was after the movie <laughs> oh, that's why i didn't bring my kid <laughs> and they they gave out prizes and guillermo del toro like had a raffle by seat numbers and they gave out signed posters and um it was great but it was very very overwhelming and was there um, a lot of kids there yeah it was a it was a good mix of kids and adults i mm-hmm. think there's just like guillermo del toro fans yeah yeah of course um but yeah it was it all of it was just so surreal and then to drive home 
I don't, I don't know. It was just so weird. And it was a Sunday night. So I guess I worked six days this week. Oh, or I will hello, tomorrow. time card. <laughs> I'm salary, baby. Hello. It doesn't hello, overtime. I don't get overtime. I'm managing. And a half. Um, but yeah, you also. You can buy me a phone. <laughs> I think it all was fine. Like, I haven't heard anything negative about it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people weren't falling she over. Did, she didn't even know how to share stories. Like, you know, there's a way to share stories. Also, she told Emily to go to the apple pan. <laughs> um, but I think I told you that I'm going to a department where I'm I'm filling in for someone who's leaving who is a manager, the person, did I mention this before? The person who's the director who would be above me mm-hmm. already left. And then Emily, the, the graphic designer for social media. Yeah, oh, also totally. I talked to Emily afterwards cause she was so confident and she's like, I had never done this either. And I was freaking out. I was like, okay, there it is. Like make mm, it till you make it. You know? No one knew what was going on, mm-hmm. but um, Emily also recently got a new job. So I'm moving to a new department with somebody who's no also one, new and no boss. With no one above me, no one below me, no one to the side of me. <laughs> like, like my direct boss shouldn't be my direct boss. He's mm-hmm. like the head of TV marketing. He's a couple levels up. Yeah, but it, but it's gonna be a cool opportunity to work so closely with him and right. and um. For are him they to, not replacing the boss that's supposed to be there? They are, but it's it, not it yet. Doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. Like the bureaucracy of. Mm-hmm corporation so he's pretty convinced that it's going to be just the two of us till september mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm i'm excited for possible i just wrote a i just wrote a song parody okay. hear it. can't wait <laughs> goes like this just the two of us <laughs> we should hit the apple pan oh that's it God. that's the whole and i started with the punchline on that one um <laughs> um but yeah, I'm I'm excited. Again, I have delusional confidence. I think the back half of last year, like before we even started report, recording the podcast again, mm-hmm. my work life was so hellishly impossible in ways that I that are hard to describe. Right. That I'm like, if I could get through the back half of 2020, I could do this. Like right. Let's do it. And I'm kind of excited to possibly do a good job and impress him directly. So and it, it, it also seems like this was, like you said, the first time you were doing this. And it feels like once you sort of get the hang of that stuff, it will become not easy, but like at least you'll know exactly what you're supposed to be doing all the time. Exactly. And he, he's our, my new boss has been really, really amazing. I'm excited to work with him because we've had a couple one-on-ones already via Zoom, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, they've just, <laughs> that's so sad what I'm about to say, but like they've been conversations between two adults, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize. You're saying I'm like this. No, I didn't realize that could be a working relationship with your boss. I have a great relationship with my current almost former boss, but it, it it, status was not equal. Yeah. And it took me a really long time to earn um, 
him talking to me the way he talks to me now. Like he started off kind of talking to me like he was talking to kindergarten students. And I was like, you don't actually need to do that. I understand what you're saying. But um, like, I, I know nothing about this new job. And already it's very like, like we might be tearing the whole system down of what has been done before and starting afresh because I asked like, why do we do it this way? And he's like, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't need to. And so it like, it's, um, that's exciting. Oh, by the way, I wrote a song parody about you. Oh, no. You want to hear it? <laughs> sure. It's a, it's a Hall and Oates. It's a parody of a home. It goes like this. One on one, we're gonna zoom like adults tonight. <laughs> oh God, that sounds filthy. Um, <laughs> but also he's made it very clear. And I appreciate it because I do have that perfectionist. I don't ask questions quality of like, he's like, your things are going to slip through the cracks. You're going to mess stuff up. That is fine. I am here for you. I want you to be okay. Like, this is the time that I've seen your work history, Kenny. (laughs) Things are going to go badly much of the time. No, but I, I feel like I've had bosses before where it's like, yeah, things are hard, but like, you better not fuck up a single thing. Right, and it's like, right. Ooh. Um, so it, I I don't want to mess up anything, but it's just nice to even hear that sort of permission mm-hmm. to like learn and fail and all that good stuff. Right. Uh, well, that's good. I mean, it sounds like things are going in the right direction. Because Monday marks my first day in the job without training wheels. Because Alex, the person who I'm replacing, has her last day's tomorrow. <clears throat> so I've been this whole week, I've been trying to be the active manager, but I have her like, if I do get confused, right. to ask a question. You're still trailing. You're not on your own yet. You don't have your right. own section. Exactly. And now I'm like, well, I think she showed me so many things once that I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Surely all next week we'll have multiple examples of that and that will really be drilled right. in. But no, that one time was the one time. So I was like, hey, can you show me <laughs> that thing again? I didn't really take the right, right, right. the demonstration as seriously. No, as I'm sorry. We only ever do everything once here. Nothing <laughs> ever repeats. It's the weird thing about this job. Uh, well, that's good. So next week is the big week. Yeah, and um, we've had a lot of meetings with vendors that have been hilarious because truly the peop- the person who was answering like the big, big questions was the person who will be my manager who doesn't exist right now. Mm-hmm. So even the person training me was like, I'm at a loss. So I was like jumping in being like, you know, strategy might change and uh, we'll come back to you. Like it, it was a lot of like, Wow, I was good at BSing in high school, and that skill is coming handy. Hey, that's that's part of being management, you know. <laughs> you have to bullshit people. But they no, but they all know, um, the circumstance I'm in. So I feel like all of the agencies I work with have like reached out and been like, Amber, if you need anything, like we're here for you, which has been really sweet. <laughs> Attention, entire company, please contact Amber Kenny and tell her <laughs> that if she needs help, because she will, that she will get it from you. Right. 
and training my successor has probably been slightly more difficult. It, it's brought light that I, because I kind of undercut my job of like, oh, it's easy. Anyone could do it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm actually showing it to somebody, I'm like, oh, there actually is, there's a lot more nuance. I'm, I'm making choices right. on the fly because she's asking me a lot of questions and I get it. She's she's coming from a position where it's like you just do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And she's like, when they ask this, what do you do? And I'm like, if you want to, this, but <laughs> maybe ask that person. Like, look, there's no right <laughs> or wrong answer. Okay, sweetheart. Look, I gotta get out of here. I got a whole other <laughs> job to do with no boss. I got nobody above me, nobody below me, nobody on either side of me. So enough with the questions, huh? <laughs> Oh, and also zero experience. Let's also <laughs> throw that into the mix. Listen, Toots, I hate to tell you, but you're on your own here. They say no man is an island, but welcome to Universal. <laughs> but um, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. Well, that's great. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we do a segment on the show that we like to call Parting Shots? So I guess you don't mind i'll go first i'll do my try to make it quick yeah i'll try to make it quick (laughs) (laughs) i actually don't have anything really um although i will say i was watching a video before this silly videos are so ubiquitous at this point i don't know if you know this in social media but you know (laughs) It's like my whole job is to spend thousands of dollars. Uh, to and this make wasn't even this was video. not this actually was not a silly video. It was really distressing. Oh no. Uh but but you know, totally what you expect to see all the time now. Let me let me let me try to describe the situation, then I'll tell you why I found Are it. Are you gonna so describe hilarious. a commercial again? No. Uh this is a video, it's different from a commercial. Uh some would argue commercials are videos. Well. Let them posit what they will. I will disagree. What you could probably watch a commercial via video. Am I wrong? <laughs> Where's the Apple Pen? Um, anyway, this was just a Karen video, you know. It was like oh, yeah. a woman who <laughs> this is one of the things that was funny about it. She had parked her car poorly like slanted into a spot. So she was way too close to the white line between spots. So her driver's side door was way over close to the other spot. And then somebody had pulled into the spot very much far enough from the white line that they were completely being fine. Normal. But she was furious that this person was blocking her in. I guess because she couldn't get into the driver's side of the door. So her way of dealing with that was she was not going to let this guy drive away. Like she was blocking his car so that he could not drive away. And I don't know what is wrong with people. I couldn't figure out if she was like, was she calling the police or something? Like, I don't know what she was doing. Yeah. Like what's the end goal? She was blocking this guy in and she was very angry. Or actually, she didn't even really talk the whole time. <laughs> but, and she was a white woman. And I guess I never saw the driver of the car, but I guess the driver of the car was a black man. So 
now there was a racial element mm-hmm. of like, she's only doing this because he's black. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's certainly how the people cool. who were and it observing makes it, it were so taking. if cops do show up, there is right, like right, an right. inherent. But but again, I don't know that she was calling the cops. Like I couldn't figure out what her plan of attack was. <laughs> she might not have had a, an yeah, amazing. She was blocking strategy. this guy from getting out. And eventually what happened, the video was like two minutes long. Eventually what happened was an African-American woman came over and basically (laughs) boxed this woman out, like physically shoved her out of the way and held her out of the way and was like, go, get out of here. Like, leave, leave. And the guy. You want him to leave, then you can get in your car. Like, what is the end goal? Who knows? But. The thing that really made me laugh was the guy who was filming it was he he was so he was shooting the whole he, he was just filming her but he kept on saying and I couldn't understand what he was saying because of his accent he kept on saying they sell knits on Amazon you should get a knit if you had a knit, you'd be able to get out of here. You need a knit. And I was like, what, what knit is he talking about? Like, is there some, is he saying there's like some kind of thing, like frictionally she can put in between that will let her into the, and it wasn't until the very end of the video that I realized (laughs) what he was saying was you don't have a neck. If you had a neck, you could get out of here. Oh, like my that she God. was overweight, and that's oh why she couldn't God. get out. So he was telling her, and he was literally to saying, buy like, a neck on they Amazon. sell necks for $27.99 on Amazon. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. It was so funny, um, and yet so negative. So awful you know the whole situation was just uh but i get i get in a sense i think she was completely in the wrong Mm -hmm. but i do get irritated when people park too close to the driver's side door she fucked it up in this case but like preventing them from leaving how is that helping doesn't make sense right yeah no i think she was 100 percent wrong but at the same time Mm -hmm. That is a problem when, like, I went to, I went down to downtown LA last week. Bragging. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not just an uptown girl. I'm also a downtown girl. I've been living in my, in my white way world, you know, anyway, I wrote a song parody about, um, the, I parked in a parking lot down there. And when I came back to my car, somebody had backed into the spot and parked so close to my car that I almost couldn't get in. I did, but I but I had to squeeze through the door. And I thought it didn't turn out to be true, but it felt like I ripped a couple of buttons off my shirt as I was squeezing into the car. So I was upset by that because I was not like her parked in a diagonal way. I was parked exactly where Perfectly. I was supposed to yeah. be. And uh, so anyway, I blocked that car in for like four hours. I sure. stood behind the car Called and they the never, yeah. they never came back. They never came back during all that time. I was blocking them in. You, you had to get somewhere. I had to go home. I had a curfew. Yeah. We have a parking spot here at the mm-hmm. apartment, not to brag. And mm-hmm. um, originally they said we had two parking spots. 
But then when we got here, like, there was only one left. It's it's a very small building. It's only four four units, mm-hmm. and and it's not official at all. Like in spray paint, it says the unit number on the parking space, and they're little. And so there was only one that said ours, and that's fine. We're a one car family. I mm-hmm. liked the idea of having two spots. Like if right. my parents are visiting, or sure. like, I just like the idea of um, you know not having to have people look for parking mm-hmm. but um but it's just one but like again the the way <laughs> it worked out um but the so there's a huge van that we park next to he, like huge like comically big you're not about, you're not talking about one of those little vans are you no, like a little van like a big guy uh-huh and then it's our little car and then the woman who lives diagonally upstairs, she parks in between two spots. She like parks on the line between two spots. Mm-hmm. And like both spots say her apartment number, like so fine. But it's just hilarious because sometimes we ha- I have to like squeeze in by the van to get into the passenger side and right. she's just like luxurious. Like I, and I get it. We're the newbies. They've all lived here forever, mm. but it feels like something's up and I feel like they aren't being cool. Here, to here, us. Here, yeah. Here's the <laughs> thing it, that defines Los Angeles to me that there's always somebody trying to fuck somebody else over in some way. <laughs> and whether it's like purposeful or whether it's just like, I don't give a fuck about that person. It's still fucking somebody over. You know, and the parking spot is like the perfect metaphor in Los Angeles because parking is such an issue out here. And it's like there's always somebody getting away with some shit. Have Um, you ever lived someplace in Los Angeles without a parking spot? I did for a little while when I lived when I lived with Eddie. We were never again. Yeah, yeah. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare nightmare because we had to find spots and there were, you know, it meant like coming out at seven 45 in the morning to move the car because it was an eight to 10, you know, well, and there's an extra level of insanity and pain. When you come home at, you know, midnight, 1am from a show and like, that's my apartment. I can yeah. see my apartment. Oh, driving around but looking I for a spot. But I can't get out yeah. of my goddamn car. It's a nightmare. Like, like it's it a makes nightmare. you start losing your mind. Yeah. 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 It's so a, never again. And, no. he, and we don't go anywhere. So like, it wouldn't even be an issue anymore. It, it's funny because this is making me think of two things. The one thing is in my building, there is a storage room. Uh-huh. And everybody is supposed to get a certain amount of space in the storage room. You know, you get, I don't know, eight feet by 10 feet in the storage room. That's a lot. I, I'm sure it's not that much, but like whatever it is, it's you you have your certain area and you're allowed to keep your stuff in that area. And people just don't abide by that. Just, and so when I went to put stuff down there, there was no room. And even yeah. since then they've cleaned stuff out and it's like, I don't know whose stuff this is, but we can't get rid of it. And Ugh. there's no space for you to put anything down there. Now, my 
choice was to go, well, it's probably better that I'm not putting stuff in storage anyway, sure. because if there's stuff I can put in storage, then I should just get I rid of it. Get rid of it. Like yeah. who gives a fuck, you yeah, know, because yeah. otherwise it's just going to sit down there for five years, whatever. Still, my sense of justice is activated by that. And I right. get like, irritated I, by it. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is not fair. This is unfair. Totally. Things should be more fair. And the other part of that is I do have two parking spots in my building and I love it because I don't, I only use one of them most of the time. And so it's very easy for me to get in and out of my space. And when I have had, you know, when I have had various roommates, some of them have had cars and they have a space now and whatever, and that's good. And when I have people visiting, they can park in my space when they're staying over here. Because parking in your neighborhood is very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And, but here's what I was going to say. Again, this is why parking is such a good metaphor for LA. I got an email from one of my neighbors the other day that said, I am leaving town from August 1st to the 15th. I have people staying at my apartment. They need both my parking spaces. Would you mind if I put my car in your second space? Can I put that in your second space as of August 1st. And I was like, sure, no problem. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a good neighbor. I'm going to be a good neighbor and, 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 you know, and you don't need that space right now. And I don't, I'm, I'm you know, I may have people over uh, uh, this week, but there's also guest parking. It's fine. But in the back of my mind, I was like, you would I would never ask that. No, no, no. I was going to say like, I wonder how this person is going to try to take advantage of me. Like, in other words, I've said, yes, I'm fine with it. Some they're going to push it somehow. They're going to push it further than this. So today I went out to the Apple pan because I was trying to see trolls three. It wasn't there. It's but not a movie. <laughs> Troll hunters 11. I got home and the car was in my spot. Like, in other words, it wasn't August 1st yet. It's the 29th of July. But even though I said August 1st, you said yes. So I'm in there, you know, and I'm just like, I I don't know how to argue against that, but that was not the agreement. And it made it more, the way it was parked made it more difficult for me to get into the spot. And I'm just like, anyway, there's always somebody trying to fuck you in some way in Los Angeles is my point. And parking is such a thing that there's something around that all the time. That's my parting shot. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I am, I think we touched on this last episode, but I am worried about the Delta variant and the resurgence of COVID-19. I'm like nervous to talk about this, but it is what it is. Um, My parents have plans. I think they still have plans um, to come up to the States in August. They have doctor's appointments. Do do your parents know about what it's like to have your dick inside a duck and somebody chops the head off the duck? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's a duck. That's cool. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's what I was saying before. I'm not sure. Like in my no, head, it might chicken. have been. I did say chicken, but then I said it might have been a duck because I oh. can't remember. And I feel like a duck would make like it a, more elegant. Like it would be I, more oh, elegant. But I if feel it was like a, a chicken makes more sense because chickens are wilder. Well, and also, isn't there a thing about like you cut a chicken's head off and it still runs running around, around with its head cut off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. So maybe it is a chicken. We'll have to and look that's up. So hot. We'll have to look up. <laughs> Have you ever seen those chickens with their heads cut off? <laughs> Ooh. Hello. <laughs> va, 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 boom. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom and Dad. <laughs> I'm going to slip into something more headless. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're planning on coming up to the States in August, mm -hmm. which I'm so excited. I haven't seen them since February of 2020. Right. Right. It's been a very long time. I miss them like crazy. I am. Um, I'm endlessly jealous of people who talk about their different trips with their parents or like going to see them. And I get it. Like it's, it's easier and it's, it's better. And it's like, I, I understand logically, mm -hmm. but, um, and my parents are in the best place for them and they're so happy and they're so safe, but like, I miss them. And it's, it's weird. It's weird. Um, having like not knowing when I ever will see my parents again. Yeah. And, and that sounds so dramatic, but truly that is how There's I've so much going on right now. And we don't know what any of the answers are. Right. And so they're or planning where this to, is all going. They're planning to come up in August and, um, and you're vaccinated and they're vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So those are positive things. Right. This is where we get to the, tough stuff right. um they would be staying with my brother who is not vaccinated mm -hmm. and his children who are not vaccinated and um i don't know it, it's like it's so tough because i want to see them so badly but they're in such the safe bubble and things seem so unsafe and confusing and horrible right now. It it feels insane to go a year and a half doing these stringent measures and not seeing each other and being as safe as possible to just like to let then it go. Fuck it. Yeah, and we'll be fine. And um, I agree. Like my parents are older like they they fit all of the criteria of the people who are in danger and um and i get it i i get it i um i think they're even split about it mm -hmm. i shouldn't be talking about this podcast i hope i don't get in trouble with them but like I think my I'll mom. I'll speak to them if you want. I'll, my I'll, mom, I'll I think, feels the same way I do. Like she's like, yeah, it feels. Like it might not be the best time. Right. Um, my dad and I, I get it too. I get it. Um, you know, he had major heart surgery in 2016 and hasn't been to a heart doctor in two years. Like mm -hmm. he's starting to freak out about that. Right. 
like it's stressful no matter how you slice or dice it. So, um, and his doctor is up here. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, so that um, would be part of the trip would be to see well, the heart doctor, which ironically puts him in a more risky category. It's, it's like this weird fucked up mm-hmm. puzzle. Um, so yeah, I, I truly don't know what's going to happen. They also have such an ambitious plan because they want to come up. They have, they have a week of, of doctor's appointments, like back to back, like every day a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. And then they want to visit Jeff and I in LA, see our new apartment that they've never seen, meet Smudgy, who they've never met, and then go back to Mark's good house. Luck, good luck finding parking when they come to visit. True that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we'd probably park on the street, to be quite honest. Um, then go back to Mark's house, and I'm sure have more ap- appointments or whatever, and then host a family reunion of both my brothers, all my nieces and nephews. And, um, and they told me about all of this and I was thinking it was over like a month or over two months, but they're like, no, two weeks. And then we're out. And it's a lot like I'm young and doing one thing now is so overwhelming and exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I I cannot picture my two parents who are all both 70 plus. Mm-hmm. My mom just turned 75. She looks great. I I I hope that my jeans kick in the same way as hers because she what brand is gorgeous. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh but um I bet they will. I hope, I hope, I hope. Um, she's already taller and thinner than me, but whatever. Um, it ain't all about that. <laughs> but the the fact that it just sounds exhausting. Their trip sounds so exhausting for me, mm-hmm. and I'm not in my 70s. And also, they have been basically sequestered like they've had a couple friends that they see but they're in the middle of nowhere in mexico i think just the culture shock of being in the states it's gonna be a lot yeah he's gonna wipe them out so and i get it i they they don't want to stay here a long time and they have a lot of appointments and they have a lot of people to see but i don't i don't know it feels too ambitious to me i i don't know i don't know so we'll see if it happens it's hard yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to, I mean, what we did talk about last week is me thinking about going to Virginia or not next week. And I'm still up in the air about it. You know, I had a conversation the next day with my, one of my brothers for a long time about it. And then I had a conversation with one of my consigliere in New York, you know, uh, old, old friend who's really smart and thinks about everything. And she has a kid who's dealt with long haul COVID and, you know, oh, wow. talked to her about it for a long time. And, and I still am not at a decision point, you know, because I think there's so many factors and so many unknown things and so many, and, and I think really it just comes down to, you know, what you feel comfortable with and that's right. tricky. Right. And because it changes day to day, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not, it would be easier if it was coming from on high, right? but it isn't. 
Well, don't, I don't, know. don't okay. you come here with your Fauci Don't take away my freedom. I do think that's kind of hilarious. Yeah, only because it's not hilarious. It's fucking awful. But the fact that the debate is you have no right to tell me what I can do with my body is coming from the right wing. I know. That I know. is a hundred percent about against you're not abortion. allowed to have an abortion. Yeah, I know. It just the fucking pretzel logic to, of these people to do is it so with a insane. Face. Yeah. yeah. It's so insane. And there was all the fucking idiots on parade today in the House of Representatives going into the Senate and talking about how they shouldn't be masked. I know. Um, whatever. What a fucking time to be alive. But but I know I, I didn't really dive into this and it's not my story to tell, but I think my mom, I had a suspicion that my brother wasn't vaccinated and mm-hmm. wasn't down to vaccinate but we didn't talk about it directly. And my mom asked directly this week. That's how I know for sure. And I, um, I know that it kind of broke my mom's heart, like in a way where it's just, it's just this like. And there's no chance that they will get vaccinated before your parents come to visit. I I don't know. I don't know, but it's like, um, well now I feel like we're too late. I, Even if they got vaccinated, it's not in. It might help a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's. um... Well, this was a thing that I talked about with my consigliere in New York the other day, because like I said, she has teenage kids Mm -hmm. and one of her kids had a friend come and stay at their house for a couple of days. And then I don't remember even how it came out, but after the kid went home, I guess her her son was like, oh, yeah, he's not vaccinated, by the way. And she was like, what? Like, why would I even have to ask that? Why would right. I not know that? You know? Right. And so we were talking about how it's a weird thing where it right. feels like you're not allowed to ask people if they're vaccinated or right, not. Right, right. Where a thing that I heard from her and I had heard I had actually heard this the day before in another context and it was something I had never heard before, but it totally makes sense, is that parents now have to ask, if a kid is going to stay at somebody else's house, Uh, they have to ask, no, 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 they have to ask, is there a gun in the house? mm -hmm. Is the gun loaded? And is it locked up? Like, that's just a thing that you ask people on a regular basis. And it feels like vaccinations should be the same thing. It should be well within your rights to ask other people if they're vaccinated and it doesn't feel like right. that's an okay thing to ask right now, you know? Well, and I think I know that it is frustrating enough to be like, those people won't get vaccinated. It's like a whole other level when it's like. People, you know, my son won't get vaccinated. Oh, like, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can't get through to him. Yeah. That's really fucking hard. That's really hard. And, and you know, there's this whole thing. We, we, we talked about this a little bit, but there's this whole thing of like, don't don't make fun of people. Don't shame people. Don't criticize them for not getting vaccinated. Understand where they're coming from. And I'm like, fuck that. Right. Fuck that. You know, like enough. Enough is enough. Um, it's funny. My my 
So all these people that go to Virginia, there's a whole group that are my mother's generation that are sort of the parents of everybody that started this whole thing. Well, she grew up, you know, when she was a kid, her father was off in World War II. And so was her mother's sister's husband. So the two sisters moved in together. So she kind of grew up in the same house with some of her first cousins and they were close the whole time she was growing up. So these are her first cousins and a couple of her first first cousins, college friends. And my parents are the parents of the several generations after who have all been going to this place for 40 years. Yeah. So they have the grandparents zoom now on a regular basis with everybody from her generation. So one of the grandparents who is one of the Denver people, one of the people I stopped off to see on my way back from New York, because I just, I just love these people. And he sent an email saying basically what we're saying, like, there's a lot of shit going on. And is anybody like, do we want to reapproach this? Do we want to have another discussion? There's lots of smart people involved here. Do we want to get people's input? And I'm not saying we should or shouldn't, but you know, whatever, like it's also right. And I was not on that email, but she forwarded to me the email that she sent back to him, which basically said, uh, you know, totally understandable if people decide not to come with everything that's going on. Jack and I, that's my father and mother are still going to go because we're driving down. So we feel okay about going. Um, None of, none of the people in our family have balked yet or decided not to go except Sean, maybe thinking about it. He also seems to be getting a little upset with people who won't, get vaccinated at this point <laughs> like, a little upset that's yeah. a very sweet way of putting it he's like he keeps saying if people would just follow the science but anyway i just thought that was funny that she sort of toned it down a little in her email to the to the grandparents um but yeah it's it's it, it's it seems it seems outrageous at this point uh but it's all very tricky and who knows what the right answer is you know if i decide not to go and nothing happens. I don't know for a fact that something would have happened if I right. had gone. Right, right, right. Well, and like, oof, this is dark. What mm-hmm. I'm about to say, but like, I would like to see my parents again. I don't know yeah. what will happen in um, life in health for anyone. Right. But I also don't want to see them again to risk their life. Like, it's like this weird Mm -hmm. um, math. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, part of the equation for me is I'm like, well, if I don't see everybody in in the beach, in the beach, you can't be in the beach. You could be on the beach. I guess you could be in the beach. Like, if you bury somebody in the sand. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't see everybody at the beach. I will see everybody at Christmas time because it has to be over by Christmas time. But we said that last, that's year. not a fact, yeah. you know, that's just a hope. Um, so who knows, who knows? Uh, 
And the other part of that is, yes, if I see everybody at Christmas time, that means I will see everybody in my immediate family. It means I won't see the other 50 people that might be in Virginia, including this aforementioned cousin that I had this great conversation with this week, you know, who I would love to see and all the people of that, of that ilk, I guess. Right. Um, And one of the things I talked about with my consigliere is she was not a hundred percent at this point yet, but a friend of hers was basically another person with lots of kids and also with lots of intelligence basically was saying, we're all going to get it at some point. Like we're going to get it. It's just a question of when and how bad it's going to be. Yeah. And I get that too. But part of me is like, I don't want to be the one who brings it to the beach and gets everybody sick for that week that they have together. You know, (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that we're all going to get it and most of us are going to be fine and that's fine. And maybe we should just get through that. Anyway, it's all. Totally. Uh, and yeah. And I, um, I just want to go back because it's something that I realize I haven't expressed out loud. But when I tell people that I haven't seen my parents in over a year and a half, mm-hmm. um, I guess I'm just looking for people being like, oh, wow, that sucks. But um, people have answers. No, almost 100% of the time. It's nothing. I got like they changed the topic and maybe because it's like too painful for them to imagine that for themselves or I don't know what it is, but it's it's weird and it happens very consistently. Have you seen a show called, just kidding, I was just changing the topic. No, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. That is weird. I don't understand why somebody would do that. Like, it seems like. all like, you have to say is like, oh, fuck, that sounds hard. <laughs> like, that's it. That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> I thought I thought what you were going to say, because I feel like this is how people are a lot of the time. I thought you were going to say is like. My parents for this amount of time. No, no, no. That they would that they would go, oh, you know what you should do? You should drive down there and mm-hmm. just stay at a hotel for two weeks near them. And then, you know, and it's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm looking for. And that's not what I'm saying. Right. No, like, it, it's it's not even that. I don't. subject seems bizarre. I me. don't. Yeah, I don't. I truly, I can't figure it out. Were you saying this to people during Troll Hunters Three? No, yeah, it was while Guillermo. So did maybe the, they didn't. They the didn't hear you. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's it's very strange. It's it it's like happened multiple times where I'm like, and I'm not doing it in a like or my me. pain is more yeah. than your pain, but just like this is a hardship that I'm going through. Yeah. I don't know, like. They're all being they're they're all being the guy outside my apartment. They're not being Norman Lear. Right. Well, so many people from work are younger than me. So they all moved back home. And so they're like weirded out that I'm still in LA almost. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So where do they live now? All over because we're working from Zoom. Like oh. some people are on the East Coast, some people are up north like all over so universal has become universal at this point exactly Mm -hmm. until it isn't right so when are your parents supposed to come 
great question. Um, I think the second week of August. Soon, soon. But I, um, my mom and I both talk in in this like. Pigeon English? No, like hippy dippy Mm -hmm. um, communication that you probably wouldn't understand or like mm. but i i i told her i, was I think like, it's I, cool whenever anybody tries to talk in whatever way they want to that's no i, I dig I, that baby i've just said i don't see it happening like usually i can picture and i just can't i don't see it what do you think would happen that they would just decide not to come i don't know i don't i don't know how to explain it like it just mm. It's it's not even that I know what the answer is. I just keep trying to picture them in my apartment right. this summer, and I can't do it. Like, I don't see it happening. And I hope it does on some level. I wish that I had a mansion and they could just stay here and not go to my brother's house. Like, And what's wild is the problem is not you guys. Right. You know? And it's not your parents. Right. It's uh that's a tough one. Sorry, parents, that we talked about fucking chickens and all of your personal problems. <laughs> Horses too. Horses too. And ducks. Mm-hmm. Uh all right. Well, this is the long shot where we discuss the state of the world every week and it's not good and it's not getting better it's never good (laughs) i think we talked a couple weeks ago i can't remember i think we talked about when i saw somebody on uh on tv i think on cnn talking about how biden should beg president trump to put out a ex-former president trump to put out a public service announcement about how everybody should get vaccinated. Like, in other words, this guy was saying Biden should get down on his knees and pledge fealty to former President Trump and say, you will get full credit for for the vaccine. We'll call it the Trump vaccine. Honestly, all those things, just tell people to get vaccinated. And like, well, but what was funny about it, I mean, it's such an absurd proposition. Like, Of course, also, never, he still won't do it, even if you did that. That's exactly what what I think it was Anderson Cooper. That's exactly what Anderson Cooper said. He was like, do you think that would really make him do that? And the guy was like, yeah, probably not, you know, <laughs> and it would be weaponized against Biden in a way right. that of like this pussy. Weak, he's too yeah. sad. He's too, you know, um, I but, have things to talk about Anderson Cooper next episode. OK, Remind great. Me. But the reason I bring that up is because I couldn't remember who it was last time who said it. And now I realize because I saw him again saying the same shit just a couple nights ago. And of course, I should have remembered who it was because I auditioned to play him in a movie once. Oh, wow. Frank Frank Luntz, the Republican strategist. Wow, wow, wow. Who has sort of taken this role of like, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just trying to help. And he's the worst fucking person. Yeah, and it always has been. Ugh. Anyway. All right. A long shot, everybody. Have a good night. See you next time. Now nearly twice a day, I'm sure I'll evaporate. I have some.
This turn of phrase happened to take a turn for the worse. But sweet baby, I'm not that crazy. I'm just late this time in getting home. I stole the rhyme, but not the dollar sign. I've just resigned myself to living alone.